Well, hello. Welcome to Heritage Church. I'm Jeff Forster. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are in the second week or third week, fourth week of a message series called Live Free. And so if you would, grab your notes out of your program. Uh, you'll be able to track along. We have some Bible verses in there. You can fill in some blanks and all that. Uh, last week, we had Pastor Chris Zarbaugh from Kensington Church. He spoke, and I thought he just, just did a, a great job. And uh, I was really glad that he could fill in for me while I was out of town. And, and uh, it was just a huge challenge to us with regard to faith, trusting that our stuff is God's stuff, that when God says, I've got a plan for you, if you do it my way, you'll be safe, even though there's other voices around. Remember when he had, uh, had the, the girls fall uh, back and the, the trust fall? And the first time it worked out perfect, and the sec- but the second time, once the, the blindfold came on, it goes up on the big screen, everybody laughed, and it was the voices around the girls oftentimes that would change how they would respond. They get fearful because the other voices were telling them that maybe something wouldn't work out. It was the same words. It was the same voice. It was the same idea. But because of other people, they started getting fearful. And so that's the whole point behind the song we just sang, that our God is greater. God has a better plan. The vast majority of Americans are strapped. The vast majority of Americans are in bondage. They're not free financially. Seven out of 10 people have no plan, no ability at all to uh, uh, get ready to retire. The vast majority of people are carrying significant credit card debt. They have everything leveraged and they don't really own hardly anything. Most Americans have a negative net worth. So we're all in the same boat. This isn't shame on you. This is saying God has a plan to be free. And me and my family, we're working through this plan in the same way. We're all in the same boat. And so all I'm going to do is teach you today what I learned this week and last week and the week before. We're in this boat together. But here's the theme verse. If you would, read it out loud with me. The theme verse is this in Proverbs chapter 22. What's it say? The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Most people don't go around saying, "Woohoo! I'm a slave to money. Woohoo! I'm a slave to debt. Most people don't go and admit that they're a slave to debt. But what they do say is they say things that imply or actually reveal that they are in bondage. They'll say, say things like, I'd love to do such and such, but we're broke. Or I'd love to do such and such, but I just don't have the money. Or since I don't have the money, I can't do it. I'd love to take a different job. I'd love to have more children. We'd love to get married, but we can't afford it. We can't do these things. What are they saying? They're saying, I'm not free. I'm not in a position of freedom right now. I'm in a position of bondage right now. There's an old rule, the way that the world used to work, the way that Americans used to work. Those of you that are 70 and above, maybe, maybe you remember this day. And for the rest of you, I'm probably going to have to repeat it a couple times because it's not going to make any sense at all. The old rule is this. Are you ready? There's an old rule, and, and, and here's what it says. If you don't have the money to buy something that you want, you don't buy it. Everybody's going, what? What? Let me, let me, let me say it slower. Then I know, it's crazy, right? Let me make it as simple as I can. I'll, I'll go slow. If you don't have the money to buy something that you want, don't buy it. Some of the 20-year-olds are going, why don't you just charge it? Right? I don't get it. That was the rule. You actually had to have the money in order to get something. Let me tell you how quickly things changed. Before the Great Depression in the the late 1920s, early 30s, uh, before the Great Depression, only 2% of houses or homes had a mortgage on them. Only 2% in America. Did you know that? Only 2%. 2% 
two out of every 100 people had a mortgage on their house. 40 years later, only 2% of houses didn't have a mortgage on them. Somebody figured out Americans are willing to buy way more than they can afford, and they're willing to pay extra for it. So this house today, you look at it, you go, woohoo, man, I'm getting a great deal. This house is a $200,000 house, but I'm willing to pay, you know, 5% interest. And the banks are like, that's fantastic. How about for 30 years? Would you give us 5% interest for 30 years? Next thing you know, you've paid $500,000, $600,000 for a $200,000 house. Who's making out on that deal, you or the bank? The bank. So the banks began to extend these things, and we just bit it hook, line, and sinker because we didn't want to wait. They, they're preying on our impatience. So just four decades later, here we are. So what we've got in this country is a generation of pretenders. They've got lots of stuff, but they've also got lots of debt. It's the difference between previous generations and us. Before, they bought it, and what they had was theirs. They owned it. Now, we buy it, and what we have is not ours. It's JCPenney's, and it's Visa's, and it's MasterCard's, your MasterCard, right? They own it. They're just lending it to you. And we're just pretending to be owners. In fact, the Bible uh, addresses this really clearly in Proverbs chapter 13. It says, one man pretends to be rich, yet really has nothing. That's what we're doing. Most of us, we're trapped, we're in bondage, and we're pretending like we're rich, but we're not. God has a plan. He's got a way for you to be rich in your lifetime. God's not against you being wealthy. God's, God's not against you having stuff. God's against you having stuff having you. And what happens is this willingness to dive deep into debt is an indicator that stuff has me. I want it so bad I don't want to do it God's way. I'm going to do it my way. I want it right now. I, don't, I won't do it God's way. And that's proving my willingness to dive into bondage is, has proven that stuff has me instead of character. So there's three groups in the world today. There, there are the haves and the have-nots. The news channels love to talk about the haves and the have-nots. But the reality is most of us, we're the have-not-yet-paid-for-what-we-gots. That's what most of us in the room are. We're just pretenders. We're in debt and we're in bondage. So what we want to do today is we want to look at uh, three big values, three essential values that the Bible talks about. These are biblical principles that we can apply to our everyday lives. They're absolutely essential for us to be, become free, to get uh, untrapped, unstrapped from debt. So here's three biblical principles. First of all, I have to embrace the value of self-control. That one's a hard one to say. It almost feels like a cuss word, doesn't it? Self-control? What? We like to tell other people to control themselves. We don't like to control our own selves, right? Here's what the Bible says. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Remember, in this day, large cities would have to build walls around them because they didn't have large central governments that could protect them. Instead, each city had to protect itself. So they would build walls and have gates, and they'd have armaments so they could protect all the wealth of that community. People might build, you know, villages and, and, and uh, you know, little estates around the edges of the wall, but if something bad happened, the horn would blow, everybody would run inside the wall, and they would cooperate together to hold back the enemy, hold back the raiders, hold back the ones that are trying to come and steal from them and take from them. And the Bible says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. You don't have any protection. Self-control is what protects you. 
If you don't have financial self-control, you're like a city without walls. You're defenseless to attacks. You're vulnerable to debt. And, you, and, and beyond that, you have no defense against the, pl- the ploys of the evil one financially. So with no self-control, you're going to end up in trouble. It's why so many of us are in this boat. You don't like to talk about it. You're uncomfortable that we're talking about it in church. I know because I hear some of you talking in the hallways. I don't like talking about money in church. But the reality is we're all in the same boat. God has a plan. God explains the plan to us. And if we don't talk about it, none of us know it, right? That's why. So we have to talk about this. It's about being free. The problem is that many of us, we battle self-control. We have that little kid inside of us that we see sometimes at the grocery store. You know what I'm talking about? The one who's standing in line with mom and all of a sudden just pitching a fit, wants a candy bar, wants a pop, wants something. Ah! They scream and holler and go nuts. I want it now. But the problem is what happens is that little kid comes alive inside of us, right? It's not just a candy bar, but it's a dress or it's a ring or it's a car, it's a vacation. And I want it now. I, I, I want to talk to the ladies and to the men in the room today. Uh, we're going to learn to say no for a little while so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. Do you understand what we're talking about? I'm going to say no for a little while so that I have the, the, the wherewithal and the margin to be able to say yes for the rest of my life. I'm not saying you need to live like you're poor the rest of your life. The problem is you, while you've been poor, you've been living like you're rich. That's the problem. So we turn the tables. We decide, okay, we're not going to be in bondage anymore to the people who are getting rich off of us. We are going to go ahead and say no for a little while. Get free so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. I mean, here's how it works. There are certain members of our family, not of the masculine gender, who will come home on occasion. I know, careful. I'm just talking about, I'm testifying about my own family. That's all. I'm not passing judgment on any of you people out there. But sometimes, come home, hey, look at this. I bought this belt to match my new hairdo that I got to match these new shoes that I got 20% off. Think of how much money I saved. Right? uh, I'll tell you how you could have saved me money if you hadn't bought it. <laughs> saving 20% is not saving money, right? Or, or okay, guys, let me, let me do this. Let me shift it because it got quiet in here. All y'all people got offended. Let me talk to the guys for a minute, ladies. Just so that you're not left out. Here's how it works for the men. The men don't do it little by little. Ladies will do it dollar by dollar, $5 chunks a lot of times. It's little pieces and you just go, what happened to all the money, right? It just, it just goes away in little pieces. But men don't do that. Men come rolling up in their brand new Chevy and a bass boat in the back without ever talking to anybody about it. Hey, look at this. I got the best deal you could ever imagine. Come home with a big 80-inch TV and say, man, I'm ready for the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight tonight. Woohoo! Go Manny. Guys, we do, it, we do it all at one time. We don't do it little by little. It's not even about saving us money. It's about finding something we want, and we just bang, we do it. But we've got to have a little bit of self-control. We have to learn how to say no. So I need everybody in the room to say no. no. Oh, there you go. Some of you. Some of you, some of you I'm not sure. Uh, well, here's what I heard. I heard a lot of men say no. I didn't hear the ladies say no. As a matter of fact, ladies, uh, if, if that's how you say no all the time, some of you are going to be pregnant by midnight, right? That's... <laughs> So let's say, let's say, no. no. Okay, there you go. You got to say it like you mean it. 
you got to ask yourself, do I really need to get my nails done twice a month? <laughs> okay. If you're free, go ahead. If you're in bondage, the answer would be no. Right? Guys, do we really need to golf twice a month? Yeah. If you're free, go ahead. Golf four times a month, ten times a month. It don't matter if you're free, do it. But if you're in bondage, I can choose to start to break free. That means I'm going to have to say no for a little while so that I can be free later. I can do anything I want to do later. All right, let me move on. <clears throat> this is getting offensive. Do you really need a brand new car when it depreciates 20% in value when you drive it off the parking lot? Hey, my wife and I, we bought a car. It was the very first car that we bought together after we got married. And we, we pulled off the parking lot. We're so proud of it. It smells new. Oh, it's wonderful, right? It depreciated 20% as we drove around the corner. And a quarter mile down the street, this girl who got, had her driver's license for two weeks hit us. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, she didn't do enough damage to total it. So then my car went like this the whole rest of the time I owned it. Right? Just wasn't that big of a deal. I'm not saying don't enjoy life. Get out of debt, buy the car. Man, get the butt warmers, it's going to be awesome. Get the moonroof, buy one for your mother and your mother-in-law for that matter. You get free, do whatever you want to do with your money. But right now, maybe I got to say no. <laughs> There's a lot of giggling in this room. So what we're going to do is we're going to say no for a little while so we can say yes for the rest of our lives. And I just got to tell you, I don't care what you think about that statement. That's just good preaching, Pastor Jeff. I like that statement. That's good. Don't matter. Nobody else likes the truth in this room. The truth is the truth. The truth will set you free, Jesus said. And so what we're learning is we're going to say no for a little while. A little bit of self-control. A person without self-control is like a city without walls. There's no protection for us. So self-control, a little bit of character will go a long way in helping set us free. And I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to you on that one. Number two, if you want to fill in the blanks, embrace the value of sacrifice. <laughs> you didn't think it would get any worse, did you? <laughs> you thought, self-control, this is terribly starting off awful. And I take you away from self-control to sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Sacrifice. So we said no, and now we're learning to sacrifice. If there's one common theme throughout Scripture, it's the sacrificial theme of Christianity. This is a major theme with regard to how Jesus lived and how Jesus calls us. Now understand, Jesus didn't all, or isn't always, Jesus is king of the universe. Jesus has all the riches of the universe, but for a while he humbled himself. For a while he went ahead and sacrificed. The Bible says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He wasn't always on the cross. He's not still on the cross. But for a little while, he sacrificed. Why? Because of what he knew he could accomplish. He loved you so much, there was no way for you to bridge the gap back to God. So he said, okay, I'll sacrifice because I know what I can get on the other side of this. I'll sacrifice a little bit today so that I can have all these people that I love tomorrow. And so he sacrificed. The Bible says Jesus should be our example in every area. He made the sacrifice, the brutal sacrifice, for something that he wanted even more, that joy that was set before him, the Bible says. So we can divine sacrifice like this. It's giving up something you love for something you love even more. That's a good way of looking at sacrifice. A lot of us just think of sacrifice as giving up something we love. It's all about the giving up, right? When, when, when we use the word sacrifice, we're like, ugh. I don't want to use that word. I hate that word, sacrifice, because I have to give something up. 
but that's not the point. The, the enemy is whispering in your ear. The idea of sacrifice is giving something up. It's going to be horrible. Your life's going to be terrible. But the biblical view of sacrifice is giving up something that you love for something that you love even more. It's not about what you're giving up. It's about what you're going to get because of this decision. It's about the future. You might love wasting your life watching cable TV, but you want for the first time ever to have a debt-free Christmas so you're not still paying Christmas bills next May. And so you go, okay, for the next few months, we're going to give up cable TV and we're going to use that money to do Christmas next year so that we're not in debt after Christmas. Maybe you want a bigger house, but even more, what you want is for one of you to be able to stay home and raise the kids or for your kids to go to a private school or whatever. And so you make the sacrifice. You give up the bigger home for something that you want even more. Maybe, uh, let me talk to some of the college kids. You're, you're getting ready to come out of school this year, but looking forward to next year. Maybe you love having your alone time. You like having the privacy in your, your private apartment, but even more than that, you want to graduate with no student loans. And so maybe that means that you need to take in a couple of roommates. You've got to start deciding you're going to sleep on the couch or commuting from mom and dad's place so that you can finish school without having fifty, dollars $100,000 $100, in debt. Maybe you love going to lunch every day at work, getting seven or eight dollar sandwiches and a dollar fifty drink. I love blowing ten dollars a day at lunch. I love it. Love it. Love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. But man, I'd love to pay off my car even more. Did you know uh, I, I read this study that said that uh, the average American, if you would decide through the course of your working career to brown bag it instead of eat out uh, for lunch or eat, you know buy lunch every day, you'd save one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> $112,000. None of those sandwiches taste like 112000 bucks to me. Not one of them. But we do it in little chunks. It doesn't hurt so bad. In fact, let's move on. Let's get out of this stuff because I don't, I don't like talking about self-control or sacrifice. Let's move on. Number three, if you want to fill in the blanks, number three is I need to embrace the value of planning. Here's the way out. So, okay, yes, I have to understand I need some self-control. I'm going to make some strong choices. And by the way, we make better choices in groups. It's why it's so important for you to be in a growth group during this season. You'll make better choices and better decisions when you can talk them out with other people going through the same struggles you are. It's, it's so much better. It's why you need to be in a group. It's not too late. Get in a group. But... Yes, I need to sacrifice. I, I, I agree with that. Not forever, but just for now so that I can have freedom later. But here's how. So I can tell you all these other big ideas and you can go home just feeling disappointed in yourself. Or we can give you a few little ideas. Here's, here's what, what the Bible says. You, we need to embrace the value of planning. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 14. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Even Jesus says, hey, planning is important you got to think this stuff through. Plan. Proverbs chapter 21 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. I need to put together some profitable plans. The problem is most of us weren't taught how to put together profitable plans in school. It's one of the most important things. Your whole life hinges on it, but we don't get taught it very much. We get lots and lots and lots of other stuff, but we don't get this very often. And so we're going to give you a few ideas. We're, we're working from Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University perspective. It's not the only way, but it's the way that we're doing it right now. It's a great way. And he recommends two big baby steps. They're just baby steps, but these are the two major ones. First of all, save 1000 bucks for emergencies. The vast majority of Americans don't have 1000 bucks. Don't have 1000 bucks. You got lots of stuff. You have to go sell something in order to come with 1000 bucks. 
Here's why. Here's why we save $1,000 for emergencies, because things are going to break. So right now you're thinking, okay, that's it. I'm going to put together a plan. I'm going to figure this thing out. We're going to fix our finances. And then tomorrow something breaks and you don't have the margin to be able to fix it. It derails the plan. So first of all, the very first thing is get a little, uh, get, get a little safety net in place so that you can protect yourself because something's going to break. You're going to have somebody throw a ball through the window or your refrigerator's going to break down or your car is going to get a flat tire. Your kid's going to stick a marble up his nose. You're going to have to go to the emergency room. Some crazy thing. Hey, that happened. One of our kids had, had a runny nose for months and constantly had some kind of nasal infection. We couldn't figure out what was going on. We went to these doctors. They'd look up his nose. They couldn't figure it out. Finally, we go to this one guy, and he was an older doctor, like really old. He'd come in, you know, a little sideways like this, and he sits down. And he says, he looks at, 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 at my kid and says, oh, I know what this is. I'm like, how do you know what it is? We've, he's been on medication for like 10 months. Nobody can figure out what's wrong. He says, oh, I'll guarantee you he's got sponges up his nose. So he gets up in there, and sure enough, what happens, little kids, they're like three years old. He said, it happens all the time. Little kids like to shove sponges up their nose. I don't know why, but it does, right? Costs us a bunch of money we didn't have at the time trying to figure that out. So how are you going to get 1000 bucks? I don't know, but you got to get it. You got to sell some stuff, eBay, Craigslist, whatever, right? Those, that's going to become your friend. You need to sell stuff, man. You need to sell everything. You need to sell so much stuff, your kids start getting nervous, right? <laughs> if, if the cat comes out from underneath the couch, sell it, right? It don't matter. Just sell some stuff. Sell everything. Come up with a 1000 bucks because that, that safety net will protect you. You'll be able to stay on a, in a month. Most of the time, you'll be able to keep moving forward on your plan, and it doesn't take long for the plan to start paying off, but you need that $1,000 safety net to protect you at the beginning of the plan. So you need to do that first. And then you need to do, many of you have heard about it. We're going to talk about it for just a minute. You need to do the debt snowball. This is what my wife and I are, are putting in place. We're trying to figure this out as well. This one is the absolute best and fastest way that I know of to get free from the bondage of debt. What, what we're going to teach you is one of the most important things that you could have ever learned about your finances. It's what we're going to talk about but first of all, uh, we've got a video of Tom and Judy Blount. You, maybe you remember Tom's spoken for us a few different times. They have had some really great success, and they've led a lot of people to be successful with this idea. So check out this video. I'm Tom Blount, and this is my wife, Judy. And I've been privileged to be a part of Heritage Church here in Emily City since its beginning. I've been privileged to actually be able to speak a couple times on the teaching team. And then this last fall, 2014, we were asked by Dennis and Marianne if we would come and kind of be the facilitators of their group. And meet a few nice young couples and we were we did that and uh, had a great time and it was an amazing trip with being involved with Financial Peace University is that uh, here you got these different walks of life coming together everybody brought their unique perspective to the table on finances wouldn't you say Absolutely. you know David Ramsey brought a wonderful study to us that we were able to facilitate with the group and um, week by week, just kind of unpacking really what finances are all about in God's perspective. It was just an amazing journey. To know that there was something that I could tangibly put my hands on to be able to take me through this journey step by step to get rid of some consolidate, you know, consolidate debt, get rid of consumer debt and things of that nature, and then actually have a hope to actually one day be debt free. Absolutely, I think for years we, there was something that we wanted to do. We wanted to be able for the debt that we had incurred to be able to eliminate, but we really didn't have the tools to know how to do it. And I think Dave Ramsey through Financial Peace University gave us those tools that then we could put into place and actually see the results. 
Judy, what do you think one of the most significant things in the couple's lives was that you saw when we met again three months after our last meeting in Financial Peace University? I think the overwhelming thing was that it works. Sometimes you're presented with something and it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to work or not. But being able to go through those weeks and then coming back together, it was amazing to see the encouragement that these couples had actually experienced because it works. It does work and very emotional times. If I remember some of them talking about that, that you could just see the tears well up in some of their eyes that mm -hmm. they didn't know how it was going to work at first. And now somebody actually has hope because they're going through this system of financial planning, not only for their early lives, but also for later on. The couples that were there, every single one of them has, a, has a, an emergency fund of $1,000. Um, and then also what we've seen is there was a reversal in some people's lives where they were able to pay off some debt that obviously allowed them to free up $400 a month to go to uh, the debt snowball. But I would say collectively from one of the times that we met, I'd have to say easily since the very first meeting and nine weeks later, and then we met for that three months was, there's over $50,000 that I really think there's been a swing. It was impacting in my life to see people go from almost like a hopeless state to a, a state of hopefulness, so to speak. Just to see that change in their lives changed my life. Yeah, we want to say thank you to Tom and Judy Blount. Say hi to Emily City. Good job, Emily City. The Emily City folks are good-looking people on video, aren't they? Man. <clears throat> so Tom and Judy were talking about one of the growth groups that they pulled together and that they, that they did, and, and they, they did this about six months ago, and they've had $50,000 worth of debt paid off from one growth group, 10, 15 People. It's extraordinary. And this is the magic. This thing that we're talking about right here, the debt snowball, is the beginning of, the, of freedom for most people. When we decide, all right, I'm going to say no for a little while so that I can say yes the rest of my life. I'm going to go ahead and make some big sacrifices that nobody else are willing to make so that I can be free. How do I do that? Here's the next step. And it's this debt snowball. So are you ready? Let's do it. I got some stuff in your notes that will help you out. We're going to attack this thing together. Here's what we've got. We've got this imaginary list of debts. Do you see it in your program? Do you see it? We'll put it up on the big screen as well. Let me find it. I lost mine. Oh, here we go. Here you go. In, in this sample list, you'll see different people or different businesses that we owed, right? They're listed in the first column. Do you see that? So in the second column, you'll find the amount that's owed to each one. So you see we owe $450 to Lowe's for the power tools that we just always wanted. And when we owe $650 to Target for that cute top and the belt and the earrings and the hat to match, plus the ketchup and the Oreos and the pickles and all the other things that you craved when you were pregnant. Um, and then we also owe $1,600 to our parents who let us borrow the money to replace the air conditioner when it broke down. And in the third column, and it goes on and on. In the third column, you'll see the minimum payment, and this is the minimum amount that we're required to pay each month. And we've been faithfully paying that. Let's just say we're, none of us are behind. We're, we're faithfully paying the minimum amount, but we're sick and tired of being in bondage, and we want to live free. So what are we going to do? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to find an extra 200 bucks a month. That's what you're going to do. We're going to find an extra $200 a month. And now you're probably thinking, where in the world am I going to find an extra 200 bucks? I don't know. I can't answer that question for you, but, you, but you're going to find it. You're going to get creative. Like I said, you know, chase the kids or, or sell the cat, something. Get an extra $200 a month. 
If you have to take a second job delivering pizzas or you have to eliminate your satellite TV or your mobile phone data plan or start brown bagging it or skipping your $4 daily dose of overpriced caffeine or whatever, you're going to find a way to grab a hold of an extra $200 a month. And what you do with this $200 is going to change your future and it'll change future generations in your family. Here's, here's how it'll play out. Let's start with Lowe's, okay? We owe them 450 bucks. Do you see that? Oh, whew, okay. Oh, yeah, there it is. Good, you see that. I'm not just making stuff up. So your minimum payment, remember, is $50. Now, you'll pay them the 50 and add to it that $200 you found somewhere. Pay, you know, uh, uh, selling pizzas or, or you just, you know, skipping out on data plan for a couple months or whatever. And, and you're going to combine those two. Now, instead of giving $50 to Lowe's, you're going to send in a check for $250. And within a matter of only a couple months, Lowe's is gone. Bye-bye, Lowe's. Never have to worry about that debt again. And now we're going to let that money start to snowball. And it's going to roll away the debt. Now we're going to attack Target. We've already been paying Target $30 a month. And now we're going to take that $30 and add it to the $50 that we were paying Lowe's. And remember, you found an extra $200 this month somehow. You're going to put that together. Now you've got $280. And guess what? In just a couple of months, Target's gone as well. And the snowball starts getting bigger. You see how this is working? So now let's take your parents. You've been paying them $200 a month, and we're going to add to that the $280 that we freed up because we no longer have to pay Lowe's or Target, and now we've got $480 a month going to pay off mom and dad. And again, in a matter of just a couple of months, you wind up being able to pay your parents off. And we let it grow every single month and apply it to the next debt that we owe, and starting with the smallest amount of debt so we can knock it out and going piece by piece down to the largest, we're going to pay off all of our debt with the debt snowball. We're going to wipe out everything that we owe except the house. Now, how is this going to benefit you in the long run? Let me show you something that's really, really amazing. If you just continue to pay minimum payments like so many people do, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. If you're just going to make the minimum payments, it's going to take you 120 months to pay off your debt. If you just make the minimum payments, it'll take you 120 months. That's 10 years before you pay off the debt. That's, a, that's assuming that you don't take on any more debt. Now, watch this. If you do that debt snowball, you find 200 extra dollars a month, and you keep rolling those payments in, starting with the smallest to the largest. You, start, you keep rolling those in. Instead of taking 120 months, you pay it off in 21 months. So you go from 10 years down to not quite two years. That's a difference of 99 months. You pay off 99 months earlier by choosing to find an extra 200 bucks in your budget. You can pay off all this debt. That's incredible. Can you say, wow? Okay, so we learn how to say no. We learn how to say, wow. That's good. Which one would you like to spend the rest of your life doing? Say no for a little while so you can say wow for a lot longer, right? Now, buckle your seatbelt. Here, let's, let's get ready for this. Look at this. If you take that $1,110, now, yes, where do we get the $1,110 from? Okay, that's the total amount that we were paying each month. If you take that, that you freed it up, and if you invest that money, and, and let's just choose a number, uh, 8%, uh, for the next 99 months that you would have been paying on debt, if you would invest that $1,110 a month for the next 99 months, you'll have $153,992. That ain't too bad. In that eight-year period that you would have been just paying off the debt. 
So the same amount of money, but now instead of you being a slave to somebody, your money is a slave to you. It's working for you. It's producing for you. And in most places in the world, you can buy a pretty decent house for $150,000 cash up front. That's not too bad. You can do it. You got to get a little crazy, but you can do it. It's going to take some intensity. It's going to take some focus. You've got to focus on this like your life depends on it, but it's going to be worth it. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this, free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of a hunter, right? You, you think a gazelle is intense when it's being hunted? Huh? Have you ever watched Animal Planet, right? Get that big old lion chasing the thing, and that gazelle's eyes are like this big old, woo right? That's what he says. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. You need to be laser focused. You need to be running like, it's, uh, like, like your life depends on it. And understand this. Freedom can come if you'll stay focused. Freedom will come if you'll go ahead and do what nobody else is willing to do. This is why you need to get in growth groups. Man alive, I flew over it. All I did was give you a hint at how a, snowball, uh, a debt snowball can work. You need to get in a group. You need to get a hold of some of this material. You need to talk to some people. Maybe you need to talk to one of the money managers, one of the, one of the money mentors that we have at Heritage Church and help coach you through how to eliminate this stuff. It's the same thing, but they'll coach you through it step by step by step. But you got to get focused and you'll get out of bondage. You got to get a little crazy. You got to get a little weird. You got to get very focused. You got to get a plan and you have to have a sacrificial attitude. You can't live like everyone else right now. The more passion that you get about this, the faster it can be done and the more good decisions that you're able to make. If you're faithful to a little bit, God promises to give you more. He promises that. Jesus teaches that. Paul teaches that. All throughout the Bible, this principle of if you're faithful with some, God will bless you with more. God says, do it my way. Do it my way and you'll be free. What do you think could happen for the glory of God if you broke free from this world's broken system? What could happen for the glory of God if you broke free and you began to live for a while like no one else will so that one day you have the margin to be able to live like nobody else can? All for the glory of the one who gave his son for you. It can be done. Have hope. Don't give up. Fight like crazy and watch as God delivers you from the bondage of debt so that you can live free. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we are grateful that you care about us. We know that you don't want your people to be in bondage, and yet the, this normal system of our country has taught the last several generations the only way to live is in bondage. But God, you have a better way. So help us to change our minds. Help us be willing to do what others aren't willing to do. Help us to look at life from a different perspective. Help us to be more like Jesus, who can see the goal, be willing to sacrifice today for what he could accomplish tomorrow. God, help us to understand that the power for good just in this room is absolutely extraordinary if we were all free. So God, help us to follow your way. Help us to be free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.